You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So Jay Randall Murphy is joining us once again on the Paracast. And our special guest is the one, the only, Nick Redfern. And we'll talk in a few moments about his latest book, The Black Diary, subtitled MIB, Women in Black, Black-Eyed Children, and Dangerous Books. Uh-oh. We're in trouble now. So, Nick, you're just back from the UK. Did you get a chance to meet uh, Megan and Harry? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I've got better things to do. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the royal family. <laughs> All right. Well, a lot of us probably aren't. I don't know. I guess they're good for tourism, aren't they? Actually, that, that is what they are good for. I mean, Britain is ruled, you know, in terms of the laws, etc., by the prime minister, which is the British equivalent of, you know, a president over here. But the, the royal family is more sort of like a, like a status symbol. You're right, he brings in, you know, a ton of money every year in tourism. People love that sort of old star part of England. You know, but the royals don't rule the country in the same way they did, say, five, six hundred years ago. It's just an image more than anything else. And a lot of people, you know, in the UK resent the fact that they have to, well, not a significant amount, but a percentage of their tax goes towards upholding the royal family. People say, well, why should we, you know? And, it, and it's, for me at least, you know, it's a valid question. Well, yeah. I suppose the PR value. Yeah, all that comes into play. There's no doubt about that. I don't think anyone begrudges the fact that it brings money in, but it's like, why do we have to support them and is it really necessary? You know, if you're happy with it bringing in tourism and, you know, uh, that British image of like an old royal family, that's fine. But um, for me, I, you know, I can live with it or without it. I, I don't really give it much thought. We've got uh, Trump here in some real hot water for his recent uh, lack of following protocol over there. I think he walked ahead of the Queen. I don't want yeah, to get into the politics of it, just his physical <laughs> actions. Yeah. I actually didn't really follow much when I was over in England. I was there on vacation. And when I go on a vacation, I go on old school vacation. I don't check email every five minutes or Facebook. I just, everything switches off for two weeks. <laughs> I wish I could do that. Anybody can. Everybody can, but they just feel they, they there's just that urge, some weird, weird urge where they've just got to check in every half an hour or whatever. But I don't, you know, I just, when I was over there, I was gone for two weeks. I didn't check anything. I came back to like a mountain of emails and Facebook messages. And, but the way I look at it is that um, for the, you know, since the, until I was like, you know, the last, I don't know, the last 15 years, 20 years, you know, I went on vacation in the normal old-fashioned style. I still do that. Are you saying you didn't even take a cell phone with you? No, I took my cell phone with me, but it, it never went on once. So you just uh, turned off, was, turned yeah, off. Kept, uh, yeah, I mean, well, one of the reasons is because you know I didn't have a an American to UK voltage converter, so that was one of the reasons. But I mean, the the thing is, though, even if I did answer the phone and check messages, I I know exactly what would happen. And if I check Facebook and email, I know exactly what would happen. I'd end up having to answer questions, 
And, um, and so, in other words, I know that I'd be doing stuff if I answered the phone or I checked Facebook or I checked emails. And so, you know, it, what does it do? Well, it just interrupts your vacation. For me, a vacation, it's called a vacation because you're on vacation. <laughs> That's the way I look at it anyway. I've got respect for that. I actually don't own a cell phone still, and I don't want one for exactly all those reasons. I spend enough time in front of a computer screen as it is. Well, you know, I mean, I have an iPhone, but um, I'm one of these people who uses it when it's needed. I mean, I can't think of anything worse than, you know, saying watching TV or got a girlfriend over. And the iPhone, you know, pinging every time a new message comes through from Facebook, uh, Facebook, or you know, um, an alert about this or that, where you're, you know, you feel almost forced to to answer it. And and for me, it's not like that. I'm old school, you know. I'm up on all the technologies. It it just comes down to I enjoy having a regular life, which doesn't have me tied to the internet twenty four seven. You know, and um, and somebody, you know, having to reply because somebody sent me um, a piece of footage of a talking cat or something, you know. <laughs> well, you know, in case you don't like talking cats. Well, I don't mind talking cats, but I don't need to be told about them when I'm, you know, like I said, got a girlfriend over. I'm in the middle of a good movie or something. Well, if you have a girlfriend over, it's not the movie. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you something here. The book, The Black Diary, and you've written several books that have focused on these subjects in different ways. There's five now, actually. That's the final one as well. This is the final one. This is where you put it all together and try to figure it out. Well, I mean, I could actually keep going. I mean, The, the Men in Black Mystery is one of my favorite things to investigate and write about and, and talk about. Um, but, and I could, you know, I could keep doing them over and over again, you know, more and more, I should say. Um, but I felt that the five that I've now done all took basically different aspects of the phenomenon. And I don't really think, in all honesty, that there are other aspects that I haven't covered. And so I'll be in that point I don't want to get into where it would start to be like recycled. I don't want to be in that position because I don't think it's fair on the reader and i don't mean the material be recycled i mean but the themes would be recycled um and i think i've now sort of exhausted what i can say about the subject without just presenting more and more cases which are identical or very similar to previous books and um so i felt you know the fifth one which is um you know all, they're all different it's a sort of a nice one to go out on and um and then focus on other things. But I won't stop investigating and researching the subject or doing articles on the subject. I just don't feel that, you know, it just, it just doesn't sort of sit right with me to do more and more of, of the same. You know? Well, you don't want to get into a situation here where it's like son of MIB, daughter of MIB, <laughs> MIB7, where it's sequel-itis. Exactly. I just want to sort of be able to do enough to keep it fresh and then go on to something else. You know, I don't want to be the equivalent of, like, some old band, you know, that just plays the same 18 songs every other night, you know, and um, without ever doing anything new, you know, and, and it becomes like a nostalgia trip. I, I don't really get that. 
I wonder if that's a big reason why the Beatles broke up, because they can't sing She Loves You, yeah, 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 when they're 73 years old, except for Paul McCartney, who would. Well, that's the problem. I, You know, I'm, as you know, I'm big into music and, you know, I write about music a lot and play. And, um, and you know, for me, bands shouldn't... The bands I like, you know, I'd hope, but it doesn't always work out like this, I would hope they would know when to stop because inevitably, you know, the time comes when they slow down and ill health gets in and somebody decides to leave and they've got to get another major you know, front man in or whatever, which never works. So, and, you know, I think all of them know when they should stop, but actually convincing them to is, is like a different thing. You know? It's kind of like a TV series and it's successful, yeah. but some of these TV series, they will decide, you know what? Let's just end it this year. Let's have a nice ending like the Americans in the sixth season. Let's wrap up the story. But then they could also be like Law & Order SVU, where it goes on for 20 years. And how many times have they retread the same stories with a few changes in the script? And when you yeah, do something I, like I, that, there was a show called Chicago Justice that seemed to be recycling old Law & Order scripts. And it got to a point where, well, you know, we have Nick Redfern, we have Jay Randall Murphy, we have Gene Steinberg. You're in. The Paracast. <laughs> We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. I tried other brands, but I came back to my sunshine. For the best hot or cold pain relief, get the best. Get a Sunny Bay heating pad. Sometimes life can be a pain in the neck or back or shoulder. And the best relief for that pain is a Sunny Bay heating pad. Did you know that the American College of Physicians said that one of the best ways to treat muscle pain is heat therapy? Sunny Bay heating pads are handmade with high quality, can be used at home or at work, and have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. Why take another pill? Many people use our Sunny Bay heating pads alone and got rid of the neck pain. Long-distance travel or long hours in front of a computer can take its toll on your body. Our homegrown small business tries to help people just like us. That's why we design and test our handmade products with great care before we introduce them to the public. You can easily find Sunny Bay heating pads on Amazon. Just go to Amazon.com and search for Sunny Bay heating pads. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. 
If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Bill Deagle, MD, AAEM, ACAM, A4M of Nutramedical.com and a consultant providing email advice free on advanced protocols for your optimized wellness and advanced technologies to heal and regenerate you. You can contact us at Nutramedical.com, that's N-U-T-R-I-Medical.com, or 888-212-8871. You get free email starter protocols of our top medical-grade nutraceuticals, initial testing, and recommendations for your own primary doctor to do, as well as recommendations to give you an idea of a consultation and a full protocol to try to help you regenerate your tissues, heal naturally without the use of toxic polypharmacy. I can send test kits to you as well anywhere in the world and provide you recommendations to referral of specialty clinics worldwide. So contact me, Dr. Bill Deagle, at Nutramedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I-Medical.com or 888-212-8871. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So we continue here with the Paracast, Nick Redfern, talking about his book, The Black Diary. Also assuring us there will be not 20 versions of it. They're not going to jump the shark, which is the other term, where you have a TV series that has outlived its usefulness. And it's like Happy Days, where Fonzie jumped the shark. And that becomes the phrase. Now, I wanted to ask you something that's part of the title of The Black Diary. Dangerous books. In what respect? Uh, some, a hand comes out of the book and grabs you by the neck? What? Well, not, not literally, but you're not far off. <laughs> I'll explain I'm what not. I do mean by that. If you look at the whole UFO subject, you know, there are numerous aspects to it. You've got everything from abductions, contact cases, crashed UFOs, crop circles. You, you name it, you know, there are numerous avenues when you're delving into the whole UFO subject. But one of the really weird things that I've found is that when you investigate things like the men in black, the black-eyed children, the women in black, and other aspects which seem to be connected, like the what's a character known as the hat man and the shadow people. There are a lot of cases, or examples, I should say, and I know this sounds really, what I'm going to say now sounds really weird, but there are a lot of people who say when they've been reading books on things like the men in black, women in black, black-eyed kids, Strange things have happened to them while they've been reading the books or after they finish reading them. I'll give you one example of how this phenomenon sort of impacts in that way. In the new book, I've got probably five or six cases where people were reading books, um, you know, particularly on the black-eyed children, and they started to get really weird and repetitive 
electrical problems in the home. Things would suddenly short out, light bulbs were exploding, things like this, all over the course of several days. And if it was just one person, you know, which just you could just put it down to like an electrical surge or whatever. But the number of people who report things like that, but not in relation to ufology in general, but to these specific sinister type characters. And John Keel found that as well, that people who read his Mothman book, particularly against any other books that he wrote, they reported the same thing. David Weatherly, David wrote a book on the black-eyed children, and he was sort of inundated with emails from people who also ex experienced the same thing, weird electrical phenomena going on when people were sort of engrossed in reading the book. So that's what I sort of talk about. Now, the other aspect of this dangerous books angle goes back decades. I actually got hold of some of Gray Barker's old uh, correspondence with people like Albert Bender, who was the first guy who really kicked off the whole Men in Black mystery in the early 1950s. And Barker actually wrote to Bender and said that several people who bought Bender's book, which was called Flying Saucers and the Three Men, which Barker published, Barker told Bender that several people had sent the book back to him didn't care if they got refunded or not, but they sent the book back because they got this creepy vibe from holding it, reading it. They kind of felt unclean, as if there was some sort of creepy vibe to the book itself, which, again, is really strange. But again, bear in mind, this is 50 years ago, nearly 60 years ago. People were still reacting in the way they are today with some of these books. And I've actually had several people contact me who've read my book and said the same thing, that they had sort of weird hang-up phone calls in the night with, like, electrical static interference, which, as I'm sure you know, in the Mothman phenomenon, that was something that was rife around town in Point Pleasant. So that's what it sort of uh, I mean by that dangerous books angle. Now, some people might just roll their eyes at that, but as I said, if it was just once, I'd ignore it. If it was twice, I'd probably ignore it. But when you talk about 14 or 15 cases coming from people like me, David Weatherly, and other people, and, you know, and then it sort of spirals into people reading the books. Then you begin to wonder, you know, what on earth is going on? You know, I think it's uh, definitely a different sort of uh, selling feature for a book. Well, <laughs> you it, know. it is, but I mean, I would actually say, you know, there are better ways to promote and publicize a book because most people who haven't experienced it, do roll their eyes at it. You know, they're like, this is just, you know, this is just people, imagination or coincidence being perceived as something more. And in some cases, you know, I don't deny that to be the case. But I would say that highlighting, in a, not just a book, but in the title as well, something that is really weird and that is going to make some people roll their eyes really isn't a good way to sell books, but it is the honest story of what happened, you know, and I felt the onus and the responsibility was on my part to say, yeah, this is what happened, and if you don't like it and it turns you off the book, well, there's nothing I can do about it. My job writing about the Men in Black would be much easier if the Men in Black were, like, in the movies, you know, from some government agency, but it's clear that, you know, they're not. There's something much, much stranger, but it doesn't help my case to 
really highlight this really weird high strangeness because it does put a lot of people off. They just want the black and white nuts and bolts down to a good old 1950s and 60s ufology, you know, Donald Kehoe and all that kind of stuff. Okay, but they attack me when I bring that up. They say, oh, that Steinberg guy is stuck in the 50s. And I say, well, look at MUFON. But I also get people where it's the other way around. You know, I actually do, uh, you know, believe in a lot of these weird concepts and things that are going on. But then I have people who say to me, well, you know, you should ignore all that. We should just need to be focusing on nuts and bolts UFOs. You know, you're getting it from both sides, really. But, you know, all I can do is sort of tell people what the witnesses tell me. All I can say, there's a significant number of people who've read books on men in black, women in black, black-eyed kids, shadow people, the hat man, who are getting weird things happen to them in the home, in the immediate uh, aftermath. I guess you take it or you don't take it, you know. Well, this wasn't just with people who are reading your books or other people. This, according to your introduction, which I found really interesting, It's happened to you. To quote from your introduction, you say, when you immerse yourself in and write about the realms of the unknown, the things that inhabit those realms are quickly driven to intrude upon your personal space. Or as Alexandra Leak, a keel-based character in the 2002 movie version of the Mothman Prophecies, said, when you notice these things, they notice that you notice them. And I think that's really interesting and want to hear some more about some of your experiences. The book's called The Black Diary because unlike my other Men in Black books, this one is sort of written like a a first-person journal. You know, it is like reading Nick Redfern's journal. Part of the reason I wanted to write it like that was purely for this very reason you just mentioned, because I became part of the story. And in the same way with the Mothman prophecies, you know, John Keel went to Point Pleasant to investigate the Mothman phenomenon, and then he found himself in sort of the midst of this high strangeness, this weirdness in Point Pleasant, and he started to get the hang-up phone calls. Nick, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Tired of being censored by Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Patreon? Well, now you don't have to be. OneWay.com is the free speech and human-friendly social network built just for you. Stop feeding the beast. Every post you make on those evil, anti-human, anti-American perverted sites helps them destroy our families, our country, and our souls. Join OneWay today and take back your liberty. Your free speech alternative is waiting for you at OneWay.com. OneWay.com. Homemakers, groceries by mail ships free. Try our amazing bacon. It stores in your pantry. No refrigeration required. Our value-added packaging provides a 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Always price less than grocery for your everyday use. Savory and delicious. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Do you 
USA Radio News. I'm Robin Walensky. The standoff at a Trader Joe's grocery in Los Angeles over a suspect in custody. This all started as a domestic dispute. Well, he jumped out of his car and he looked like he was he was shooting. Witnesses saying the suspects jumped out of a car and traded gunfire with police. It sounded like they were shooting return fire. President Trump on Twitter talking about the FBI raid of his lawyer Michael Cohen's office. Word audio tapes confiscated by the feds. And one is a reported recording Cohen makes while he talks to President Trump about a potential payment to a woman. Now the president tweeting, inconceivable that the government would break into a lawyer's office early in the morning. Almost unheard of. Even more inconceivable that a lawyer would tape a client. Totally unheard of and perhaps illegal. The good news is that your favorite president did nothing wrong, explanation point. You're listening to USA Radio News. Got an old car? You can donate it, whether it's running or not, to the United Breast Cancer Foundation and save a life. They'll even come and pick it up for free. The United Breast Cancer Foundation has saved hundreds of women's lives through their free or low-cost breast screen exams. But now they need your help. The United Breast Cancer Foundation wants to save more lives through early detection by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. And donating your old car, SUV, or truck, whether it's running or not, helps pay for them. Plus, you get a charitable tax deduction. Help the United Breast Cancer Foundation save lives by donating your old car, SUV, or truck. Call now for free pickup. 800-280-2144-800-280-2144-800-280-2144. Call right now. That number again is 800-280-2144. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to mypillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's mypillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Fascinating Tales from the Black Diary with Nick Redfern. Let us proceed, sir. Okay. Well, the book itself, the starts in sort of 2014, which is where my last MIB book left off. And, um, and it goes right through to the early part of this year. Now, in 2014, I had another one of my earlier Men in Black books out called, stunningly, Men in Black. <laughs> um, uh, yes, that's that a surprising title. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> now, that book came out in 2014. Well, 
when I was putting together the, the final edit of the Word document, I mean, when I say that it was like the final part of it, it was. I mean, literally, I was, it was a Friday, I think it was a Friday morning. I remember it was a sunny day. Anyway, it's in the book. But basically, I was sat at the laptop and I was reading the final edit of the Word document before it goes to the editor. And then they turn it into PDF and convert it into the book, etc. And just as literally seconds after I hit the save button, shut it down, there was like a thump coming from one of the rooms in my apartment. And it's not a big apartment, so it didn't take me long to find out what had happened. What had happened is I've got a lot of pictures and artwork on the walls of the apartment. And in the bedroom, one had fallen off the wall. What had actually fallen off, and the glass had shattered and the, the frame was, was broken, so I had to you know, get it all cleaned up. The piece of artwork was actually not artwork per se. It was a framed letter written by Albert Bender, the guy who started off the Men in Black mystery in the early 1950s with his own experiences. So I found that kind of odd. You know, I, I closed down the Word document to my next MIB book literally two seconds or so after closing it down, a picture falls off the wall, which is a letter written by Albert Bender to a colleague in New Zealand in the early 1950s. That was like just one of many weird experiences. Other ones, for example, involve things like getting these hang-up phone calls in the middle of the night and strange static on the lines. Now, of course, you know, if you get a phone call in the like, two or three in the morning, Everybody jumps out of bed because you're worried it's bad news, you know, or else why is somebody calling you at three o'clock? That happened so many times. One occasion, I got to the phone, and the number that was, was showing on the caller ID was actually my own phone number. You know, it's kind of like that old movie, that um, horror movie, you know, that the call's coming from inside the house, you know. But things like that happened to a, a really significant degree. The more I dug into it, the more weird things in relation to the Men in Black began to happen. As I said, like weird uh, phone calls, hang-up calls, electrical squeaks and noises on the phone. And it also impacted on my agent, Lisa Hagen. This impacted on my agent, Lisa Hagen, as well. And Lisa's also the publisher of The Black Diary, as well as being my agent. And um, roughly around about 2014, 2015, when a lot of the uh, research for the new book was at its height, um, I found that a lot of the weirdness that was affecting me spilled over uh, to my agent, Lisa Hagen, who's also the, the publisher of uh, The Black Diary as well. And Lisa had a lot of weird stuff going on with her. Um, strange voices on the phone. On one occasion, um, her, car, her house is quite isolated, and she saw this car come down the driveway and literally stop outside of one of her windows, and somebody got out and took a picture, and then this black car drove off. Um, and she had her mail tampered with and all sorts of weird stuff going on. Now, that sounds more like, you know, sort of um, regular people, but somebody, you know, whether in governments, who knows what. Um, this clearly wasn't directly connected, you know, to some of the more weirder paranormal stuff and weird synchronicities we've just been talking about. But it did impact on Lisa, you know, and, um, and disturbed her. And so when you find yourself, as I said, you know, in the, in the introduction, um, the, 
yeah, the character out of uh, Mothman Prophecy's movie saying, you know, words to the effect of when you notice these things, they notice that you notice them. And then they sort of turn the tables on you. And so I've seen that happen so many times, and particularly with people, you know, who've seen the men in black. And in many cases, they're just not prepared, um, you know, for what happened. I mean, I had so much weird stuff happen to me, which I'd never, ever happened before like bouts of sleep paralysis and images of like dark cloak things in the bedroom uh, like looming over the bed there was one occasion again at the height of all this research when i i was sort of like in the throes of sleep paralysis um and saw this sort of black cloak woman and she kind of just in this deep gravelly voice said just say i excuse me said i can help you just say yes and I knew, in, even in this sort of altered state, if I said yes, it would be the worst thing I could do. You know, like it was almost like inviting something through. Now, very often, you know, sleep paralysis is caused by stress and anxiety and things like that. And, and I, but I do think it has an external component to it. But you know, I'm one of the most laid-back people I know, <laughs> and um, you know, and but it all came to a head at the again you know, when all this strangeness was going on. And I really did get a, a rip for a, a couple of months. I, it was almost, I can't explain how or, or why, but I did get like a really weird, creepy vibe just being in the apartment. It was as if, you know, some, I sound strange, but like it, it was an invisible force of some sort here um, that was like very negative and menacing. Um, and then I started to get things like sudden light bulbs exploding. And just uh, there was twice um, when I almost got struck by lightning. And in that same time frame, a friend of mine, Buffy Clary, she did get struck by lightning twice in the same time frame. And luckily, uh, she wasn't badly hurt, but she was hurt enough to have to go to the emergency room because she felt like all tingly and her face felt weird. Um you know, you put all that together and it was, and what, another thing that happened, uh, again, in this same time period, I went down to the mailbox one day and I actually got attacked by a blackbird twice. It dived bombed me twice. And um, that was at the very same time. And that was something that really kind of, you know, made me think, what on earth have I sort of got myself into? And, and all of that I put in the book, you know, um, just to demonstrate how an aspect of ufology or what I perceived as an aspect of ufology turns into something very much different, you know, like a real life horror story almost. I wonder how connected it really is with ufology though. I mean, I wonder if ufology is just another manifestation of something that, you know, in, in reality isn't really connected with it, but they just use the phenomena as part of their, um, bag of tricks so to speak yeah i mean that's actually a good point because i think a lot of people you know they assume the ufo phenomenon is just about aliens from another world coming here and that's it you know and the government's hidden the bodies etc etc and they're here to steal our you know um, dna eggs etc for abduction scenarios but the more i've sort of looked into it certainly for the last 20 years you know that there's no doubt in my mind that there are distinct crossovers between the ufo phenomenon 
and various aspects of the paranormal, the supernatural, and even the occult. Now, some of the old school ufologists do not want to hear that. They just want to hear, you know, the good old days. You know, we don't mention this terribly often, but we have the greatest paranormal forums on the planet. Well, you know, they may be better ones, but we like to think we've got pretty good ones. It's called the Paracast Community Forums. And you can talk about not just the paranormal, not just UFOs, but other subjects, too. A lot of fun. Check out forum.theparacast.com. Once again, that's forum.theparacast.com for the Paracast Community Forums. Pay us a visit, okay? We'll have more of the good old days as opposed to the old, old days. With Nick Redfern, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, I'm Patrick Kolbeck, and I'm running for governor. Michigan roads look like the surface of the moon. We need to do better than that, but I'm tired of being told that we don't pay enough in taxes. In 2015, 81% of voters rejected a tax increase. What happened after we said no? Rhinos in Lansing raised taxes without a vote of the people. Then they actually transferred $400 million from the transportation budget to fix potholes in their expansion of Obamacare. As governor, I will be focused on road quality, not tax increases. Principal solutions prioritize your best interests, not lobbyists. Paid for by Patrick Kolbeck for governor. If you like alkaline water or know someone that does, you're going to love the Dillon Living Water Bottle. It creates alkaline water on the go while reducing plastic waste and saving you money. Made with surgical-grade stainless steel, the Dillon Bottle increases the pH up to 9 to deliver both alkaline and antioxidant water anywhere you want it. Alkaline water is healthier, tastes better, and can even boost energy. The Dillon Bottle makes it easy and affordable to be healthy and achieve optimal hydration. Get your Dillon Bottle today at dyln.co. That's dyln.co. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. 
Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Get the ultimate knife at an ultimate price. The Fox Karambit Knife. Finally available in the U.S. The Fox Karambit Knife opens with one hand. Faster than you can pull a handgun. For utility, for defense, and for way less than other knives of this caliber. Go to TheUltimateKnife.com. Truly the best knife you will ever own. And only available at TheUltimateKnife.com. Use promo code RADIO at checkout for free shipping. Get the ultimate knife at the ultimate price. At TheUltimateKnife.com. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Yes, we are. The good old days, that's all we want to have. The UFO field is stuck in the good old days. We've always said that, and they look at me like, oh, that's Steinberg. He doesn't know. Well, when I was a kid, you know, everything was black and white. I did think it was just nuts and bolts, UFOs, etc., etc. But certainly by the time I was in my 20s, you know, I'd sort of started to come around to theories and ideas and concepts that John Keel came up with. And to the point where now, you know, I'm not even sure we're dealing with extraterrestrials. You know, it could be something that's sort of multidimensional that coexists with us. And, you know, I think when, for example... I've got in the book, I think there's five or six cases thereabouts where people have been visited and threatened by the men in black. And then hours later, they claim that they experienced violent poltergeist activity in the home. Other people fell down with serious illness after being confronted by them again in the room, which clearly, you know, cannot happen if it's agents from the FBI or the NSA or whatever, which I don't believe it is at all. When you start getting into issues like people falling sick and poltergeist activity and weird synchronicities and getting attacked, you know, by a bird, artwork shattering from the wall, that kind of thing. You know, when you put all that together, for me, ufology is far deeper and much weirder than many people, not just don't realize it is, but they prefer it not to be like that. You know, I know some well-known ufologists who will not touch this sort of supernatural side of things. And I think for the most part, it's because their mind's close to it and they really do just want the old days of like Roswell and Captain Mantell and Betty and Barney Hill. They don't want the weirder stuff. But the fact is, the weirder stuff is part of the phenomenon and to deny it is actually to deny full-on full research. From my perspective, it's important to deal with these challenges, even if 
they cause people to roll their eyes or, or turn people away. That's how it goes. You know, I'm not going to sort of kind of clean it up for the benefit of trying to sell a few more books, tell it as it is, and if people are turned off by the weirder side, well, that's how it goes. But, so you know, be I'm it then. Gonna... Yeah, so be it, yeah. Right. Let me ask you a question, kind of dovetail back to what we were talking about before, that letter you had from Albert Bender. Did anyone do an interview with Bender in his final years? I mean, the guy died in 2016. He was 94 yeah. years old. Pretty good. But yeah, were well, there any I'm, interviews with him? Yes, there were. There's probably, there are three or four examples, which I think you can, I think it was the interviews on the Long John Nebel show. I know he was interviewed on several occasions. Yeah, I'm not uh, thinking of the early days when Flying Saucer oh, and the Three Men came out. I mean oh, something no. in his last years. No. What what happened was, for people who don't know, Albert Bender was the guy who really kicked off the whole Men in Black mystery. Uh, he lived in uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut, and he set up this group called the International Flying Saucer Bureau. And it really took off massively, you know. I mean, he had, he had hundreds and hundreds of followers. And he suddenly shut it down and alluded to how he'd been told the truth of the UFO phenomenon. And he confided in a few friends that um, he'd been visited by these three men dressed in black. But he didn't explain the full story, so people assumed that they were from the government. It was only when he wrote in 62 his book, Flying Saucers and the Three Men, that the real weird story came out, where these MIB were like shadow people. They would sort of materialize through the walls, and they had these shining eyes, but they had the outline of like a black suit and an old-style fedora hat. And so the whole MIB mystery began. Now, after Bender promoted Flying Saucers and the Three Men, which Gray Barker published, Bender actually basically said, you know, I'm done, because he was terrified, because every time he dug into the Men in Black mystery, or the UFO mystery after that, he would find bad things would happen to him. And so he really did walk away. He did one lecture, I think, in 67 or 68, and that was it. And he completely stayed out of the subject then until... Well, for the rest of his life, you know, as you said, he pointed out he died at 94 in 2016. In those years, he just had a happy life uh, with his wife, uh, living not too far from LAX airport. And he, he ran the Appreciation Society for Max Steiner, who was a famous composer and uh, the people who are interested. Max Steiner actually did the musical score for the original King Kong. And Bender loved Steiner's music. And as I said, he ran the Appreciation Society for years, decades. And I said, live near LAX with his wife. And a proof that getting out of the subject actually, you know, didn't hurt him because he lived in 94. You know, you can't complain about that. Well, I met him once. I met him when he gave a lecture shortly after Flying Saucers and the Three Men came out. And that was in New York City. And Jim Mosley and I and other people listened to him. We had dinner with him. And Jim's soon-to-be ex-wife, Sandra, prided herself to be an amateur psychologist. And she started analyzing Bender, concluding that he had problems. Okay? Now, I don't know what she meant by that, or did I know enough about the subject to take her seriously. But I know that was the last time I saw Bender. And the other thing is that Gray Barker published Flying Saucers and the Three Men. And I always wondered there, how much of that book did Gray Barker, shall we say, edit 
in significant ways. Well, Ben did, uh, did actually say that, you know, the story was accurate, but Barker definitely did have, you know, significant input because, as you know, Barker was very much like a storyteller, you know, the kind of guy who, if it was like a, you know, bright sunny day, he might change the story to it was a dark and stormy night just for effect. So I think Barker today, we would sort of draw parallels with the, you know, the concept of gonzo writing, you know, Hunter S. Thompson, where you, you're telling what is essentially a true story, but it's kind of gonzoed up, you know, for the uh, benefit of the reader, where you're kind of thinking, well, hang on a minute, how much of this is exactly the truth and how much is, you know, bending the truth for entertainment. I don't think there's any doubt that there's part of that within Bender's book. But Bender, you know, was adamant that he did have these experiences and he did describe them as sort of like semi-physical and coming through the walls and, you know, they were following him late at night when he'd go to the cinema and, you know, in shadowy form again. So there's no doubt he had um, a lot of weird experiences. But, you know, when you talked about, um, what did you say? It was Jim's wife who was uh, who was trying to analyze him. Yes, yeah, Sandra Mosley. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt that he was an unusual guy. I mean, he was someone who he was heavily into the occult in the real world, not just in you know the world of fiction. He, and he was not like a dabbler. He actually built in his attic. He lived in an attic room in Bridgeport in his father's house, and uh, this was when he was about 33. And uh, and he built like this what he called a like a supernatural altar in the attic. And he was someone who was heavily um, influenced and by and interested in the work of Alistair Crowley, old style magic, you know, conjuring things up. And he was also someone who was, by his own admission, he didn't deny this. He was a hypochondriac. He had this bizarre kind of um, fear of getting cancer, and why that was, I don't know. So you know, he was an unusual guy to start with, but again, by his own admission, he felt that creating this supernatural altar and trying to invoke supernatural entities for a you know a particular purpose he felt that he'd kind of opened a doorway or a portal if you like to allow these mib to come through but then over the years um you know people assumed that they were from the government and so that's when you know the the assumption that the many black were from the government. That's how that largely began, because Bender wouldn't elaborate and give the, the full story. So people just filled the blanks in themselves and assumed they were from the government. And so had Bender been more forthright to begin with, a lot of people would probably never even have thought there was a government angle to the gov- to the MIB. They'd have just thought, you know, it was um, just a weird aspect of ufology, really. We're going to have to break in a moment, so let me just wrap this up. Okay. Now, one of the things to consider here is the fact that in those days, the government was presumed to have a silence group of some sort that kept the secret of the saucers. And so it was logical, with Bender not providing any additional information, to make that assumption. We've got more to come with Nick Redfern. And his book is called The Black Diaries. Or I was going to say it in my. Sean Connery way, the Black Diaries. And it's a very lousy imitation, Nick. Sorry about that. <laughs> don't have to apologize to me. I don't care. Okay, well, at least he doesn't. Thank you. He's very gracious. 
I appreciate that with J. Randall Murphy. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no obligation quote. 1-800-910-5936. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-910-5936. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-910-5936. 1-800-910-5936. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now... Here's Gene Steinberg. Continuing with about Albert K. Bender. And that was the assumption Gray Barker had made that probably the government was somehow involved in managing this thing. And we wonder here, what would have happened if he revealed the full story? On the other hand, people might have thought of him as being just a wacko. Well, they probably would, and a lot of people actually did. And as I said, some people even returned Bender's book back to Barker because they got this creepy vibe from just holding it. They kind of felt unclean. Although there's no doubt that the vast majority of the Men in Black reports are sort of really weird and tinged with paranormal overtones, there's no doubt in my mind that there are two groups of MIB. There are the weirder MIB, which which um, account for the vast majority But, you know, back in the 50s and 60s particularly, the guys did wear black suits, you know, black ties and fedoras. They did dress like that. And there are examples where we know back then that, you know, certain people in ufology were watched closely. I mean, the FBI has declassified its files on somewhere in the region of 11 of the early contactees now. So, you know, I think 
there is this other aspect of the Men in Black mystery, and that is when, you know, they were visited by people from government wearing a black suit and a black fedora, and they became part of the legend, but they weren't the Men in Black. They, ha- they were men who just happened to be dressed in black suits and fedoras because that was the style, you know. So you have this distinct difference between people in the government who may have wanted to, you know, tell people or warn them not to talk about something that happened to them. And it becomes part of the growing Men in Black mystery. But when you look at it, you can see there are clearly two sides to it. It's not just this or that. Although, as I said, the paranormal side does seem to be far more significant in terms of numbers than the government side. Yeah, we absolutely know that uh, the U.S. Air Force was keeping tabs on UFO organizations. There's a memo from 1958 from uh, Colonel Leonard T. Glasser, who says that they've got 49 UFO organizations. Here, it mentions them in this memo, and uh, they're paying particular attention to to, uh, Kehoe and Ruppelt. And as you say, they definitely dressed the FBI style of the time. But this brings up a really interesting point. Then if we've got this other side to the whole phenomena, the, the really weird stuff that you just simply cannot attribute to some sort of mundane governmental agency, then it seems as if the phenomena itself is mimicking the people in the government, which I find really kind of bizarre in its own way. Well, it is bizarre, but you are right. That is what people report. You know, they what typically happens, you know, the, the person who's seen a UFO or had a paranormal experience, very often, you know, there's a knock on the door late at night. And, you know, if the door knocks at 11 o'clock, you look through the spy hole, and there's two or three creepy guys in black fedoras and black suits. You're probably not going to open the door. But weirdly, people do. And with hindsight, they've said they felt that almost like their mind was being controlled or impelled to open the door and invite them in. And of course, this issue of, in many cases, the men in black demanding to be invited in kind of ties in with the old legends of vampires, you know, where they have to be invited into the home for the first time, you know, they kind of kind of cross the threshold of people being invited. But a lot of cases like that with the men in black. Then when they're in the, when they're in the house, then they start, you know, with the threat. You won't talk about this, et cetera, et cetera. And the people very often just sit there on the couch staring at them in a state of fear, but also feeling a little bit as if they'd been drugged, you know, and um, things didn't seem quite right. It was almost like a dreamlike experience, or as one witness described it, with hindsight, you know, having watched the movie, described it as something like akin to the Matrix, you know, where am I actually really awake, or is this some sort of sophisticated hologram kind of situation? But, but yeah, they typically, even today, people describe them when they come into the house as wearing sort of a, an old black suit, a white shirt, a skinny black tie, and they still wear these black fedoras. Now, some of the witnesses have said they have their fedoras on pulled down really low so they can barely see their eyes, and they've got wraparound sunglasses on and sometimes wearing what a clearly long wig. Well, not long, but wigs long enough to sort of cover their ears and parts of the face, as if the the fedora, the sunglasses and the wig is actually masking a face that had the, you know, if the hat was removed, if the glasses were removed and the wig, they might not look entirely human. That's one of the theories as to why 
they do dress like that because he's acts as a bit of camouflage. And some of the witnesses have said when they were standing close to the men in black, they could actually vaguely see, you know, a little bit through the glasses and said their eyes were like really large. One of the witnesses said like thyroid eyes, you know, when they bulge, if you have a thyroid condition. And very often this is, gets really strange. The men in black are described as having like pale or sometimes pinkish like makeup and lipstick on as if they're, regular skin color isn't like ours and they're trying to blend in which is, is really strange you know the sort of stuff you you just couldn't make up and um but it's just everyday regular people saying yeah i, I didn't want to talk about it but i saw this i was visited by this creepy guy after i saw a ufo and, oh yeah what was he like well he had like this weird face paint on you know face makeup and a strange wig and he told me not to talk about this or that, and then left. You know, there are so many cases like that, which is just just so surreal, you know. What about yourself now? You, you've written about them, and you've got lots of witness accounts, but did you run into them yourself when you were writing your books? Well, yeah, I actually, this one occasion, it's only ever happened to me on one occasion, and it actually was one of these situations where, People always said to me, you know, if you actually saw one of the men in black, what would you do? And I'd say, you know, I'd, I'd go racing up to them and demand to know who they were, et cetera, and et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of did what everybody else does. I just sort of stood there and stood, you know, kind of if you're watching a car accident, your mind just kind of goes into a weird mode and you don't think like you would normally think. But what happened, and, and again, this is a really weird story. And but it's also uh, you know sort of expanded on in the book. But I'll give you a summary. This was in towards the end of 2016, and I was writing an article for Mysterious Universe, which is an Australian website that I, I write regular for. And I wrote an article on how a number of people had had weird experiences after watching the late 1960s movie Rosemary's Baby, which is sort of this uh, this sort of. Um, devil worship and you know this demonic baby which i'm, I'm sure everybody's heard of the of rosemary's baby if they haven't read the book or watched the movie i've actually got several cases in the book where people had seen or been visited by the men in black after either reading the novel or in some cases having watched the movie now one of the people who i interviewed was a guy named peter beckman and Peter is a voiceover actor. You can look him up, B-E-C-K-M-A-N. Peter is a, a voiceover actor. He does a lot of voiceovers for cartoons and kids shows. And he's about 70 now. And back in the 1960s, he and a friend were listening to the soundtrack to Rosemary's Baby. And there was this sudden knock at the door late at night. And there were these two very strange, almost ghoulish guys in black. And then things went really weird where they couldn't fully remember exactly what had happened, only that they'd found a way to get into the house and then everything became kind of blurry. There were several cases like that that I talked about in the article. And that the night of writing the article, I watched the movie again because I just wanted to sort of refresh myself about all the different aspects in the movie. The next morning, uh, I got up and looked out the window. Uh, I, I swear, and this is no word of a lie, there was a guy, I live on a second floor apartment. There was this old guy with a dark suit and a dark fedora on, which had a, oddly had a white band around it, shuffling along in a really weird walking fashion. 
he was sort of shuffling. And you imagine if you've got a pet dog, you know, and you, you sit the dog up and his, and his front limbs kind of like hang limp. His hands were like that. And I just stood there. I was like frozen, you know, <laughs> mouth wide open, looking stupid probably. And I just, I grabbed my camera and managed to get one picture, which is in the book. Nick, Gene, Randall, you're in. The Paracast. Neighbors, we've made such a deal with HelloFresh. And it means that everyone listening to this show can receive $30 off your first week of deliveries when you go to HelloFresh.com and use the offer code PARACAST30. You know, with... HelloFresh, you can choose the delivery day that works best for you. They've got a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly. And can you imagine me cooking Japanese panko chicken? It makes me feel like I'm a chef. It means also that you could actually get your meal cooked in 30 minutes. For busy people, this is perfect. The simple recipes... Include step-by-step instructions so even I can figure it out. Go to HelloFresh.com, use the offer code PARACAST30 to get $30 off your first week of deliveries. HelloFresh.com. If you or anyone you love has been diagnosed with lung cancer, asbestosis, or mesothelioma, your diagnosis may be the result of job-related exposure to asbestos, and you may be entitled to compensation. Over $30 billion in trusts have been set aside for individuals who have been affected by asbestos exposure. How do you protect your rights and get the compensation you deserve? Call Capital Legal Group now at 800-400-LUNG. Capital Legal Group is one of the nation's resources for settlement of lung cancer and mesothelioma cases. Law firms have successfully recovered over $2.7 billion for their clients in all 50 states, and claims have been paid in as little as 60 days. If you or a family member were diagnosed with lung cancer, asbestosis, or mesothelioma, call Capital Legal Group now at 800-400-LUNG. We'll open a no-cost case review on your behalf. A history of tobacco use or cigarette smoking will not disqualify your case. Visit 800-400-LUNG.com or call 800-400-LUNG. Call 800-400-5864 now. That's 800-400-LUNG. Healthcare reform is confusing. With the loss of the Obamacare mandate, those needing help can now choose an affordable alternative. By joining Liberty HealthShare, you're part of a community of health-conscious Americans all over the country who control their own healthcare costs and choices. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of their medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. 
Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Get the ultimate knife at an ultimate price. The Fox Karambit Knife. Finally available in the U.S. The Fox Karambit Knife opens with one hand. Faster than you can pull a handgun. For utility, for defense, and for way less than other knives of this caliber. Go to TheUltimateKnife.com. Truly the best knife you will ever own. And only available at TheUltimateKnife.com. Use promo code RADIO at checkout for free shipping. Get the ultimate knife at the ultimate price. At TheUltimateKnife.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We have After the Paracast, which is a wrap-up show, special interviews, and more, and we offer it only if you're a subscriber to the Paracast Plus. For more information, go to plus.theparacast.com. That's plus.theparacast.com. We also give you a version of the show free of the network ads. So those of you on YouTube, you complain, we answer, this is the way we do it. We got Nick Redfern talking about the Black Diary. Ah, ha, 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 Nick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, as I was saying before the break, I got up, looked out the window to see what the day was like. It was a Saturday morning. And there was this guy in a black suit, dark suit, dark hat, old, sort of looking emaciated. Kind of reminded me a little bit. Do you remember the, the second Poltergeist movie where you've got this creepy character who looks just like a man in black? You haven't seen right. it or Yeah. Yeah. Well, it kind of reminded me of that. And I just stood there for a second, you know, just mouth wide open, looking stupid, as I said, I'm sure. And, and I raced to get my camera, took a picture, and raced back then to get some um, shoes and clothes on. Raced down the steps, and he, he wasn't in sight. And then I heard a door slam, and about, about 30 or 40 feet down where the next block to mine is, he was getting in a car. Uh, with three other people. Now, it wasn't a black car, you know, like the men in black usually um, driving. Some people have said, well, maybe it was just an old guy in a black suit and a black fedora walking right past your window, just as you open the window, the blinds, and right after you've been talking about, writing about how people who have sort of delved into Rosemary's Baby at MIB encounters, and I wrote the article the night before and watched the movie the night before. Now, yes, that could all still be just a really, really bizarre coincidence, but I've lived in these apartments for six years now, and that man has not been there before or since. He's not a resident, has never been a resident. You know, you get to know all the faces. You know, this was like 8.30 in the morning, just walking past my window, on a hot summer's day in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, well, not summer, but it was a hot day. Um, it was like October. It was still a blistering hot day, as it often is in Dallas. And, um, and so I got one picture. It doesn't prove anything. But if, if it, you know, either 
it was all connected, all. It was one of the most bizarre coincidences I've ever had. Um, you know, and you can take it either way. And, you know, I, I'm not offended if people think, you know, it's that I'm making more out of it than, uh, than I am, but, uh, or that I should. But um, that's what happened, you know, and that is how it happened in the time frame. And it was just, it was just so weird, you know. I think that's a pretty interesting story. It seems like in, even if you can't necessarily attribute some of these things to the paranormal, it does seem to be that there's an increase in coincidences that yeah. uh, you know people might want to think of as synchronistic, but uh, I've certainly experienced that type of thing myself. So being an experiencer, I, I, cert- I wouldn't write it off altogether, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think that's an important thing that the more you delve into these type of things, the more things happen in your life that are relevant to these issues. And I don't think it's just, you know, looking for things. I mean, again, at this, during this same time frame, I started to get a lot of really weird 11-11 issues happen, which a lot of people, you know, get these 11-11 things. They look at the watch, it's 11-11, you know, something happens at 11-11, just, and they randomly... You know, people have written entire books on the 11-11 phenomenon. And I, I got so many of these in that period. It almost made me feel that, you know, are we in some sort of bizarre Matrix-type world, you know, where things are just being programmed just to to mess with your mind or whatever. You know, like uh, Bishop's sort of co-creation thing maybe extends beyond UFOs and right into the paranormal where... When we start thinking about them and concentrating on them, then somehow they tend to manifest themselves into our reality. Well, that that was one of the reasons why John Keel often warned people not to get involved in these phenomena, because, you know, for me, it was fascinating and weird, and, and I wrote about it. But I have some friends who, no disrespect to them, kind of experienced the same things as me, but it became very dark for them. You know, paranoia set in, fear, you know, literally peeking through the doorways and, the, you know, the curtains. And that's not sort of my character, you know. If people want to take me on, I'll take them on. But I think people are a bit of a weak character, you know, not too sure of themselves or, you know, don't have that sort of sense of self-assurance. Um, I think it's easy for whatever these things are to get their claws and their grips into us. And so I've seen this happen particularly with the Men in Black Mystery, where friends and colleagues have become obsessed with the phenomenon. It overtakes them. It dominates their mind. You know, an obsession with anything really isn't a good thing. And that's why, as Jean knows, I'm, I'm someone who I enjoy having a good social life and I only work nine to five, Monday to Friday. You know, I write the books nine, nine to five, Monday to Friday. Five o'clock comes round, the laptop goes into sleep mode. And it stays that way till nine the next day. I don't work evenings, never work weekends. For me, that's for having a good social life and a good time. But I do have friends who, again, no disrespect to them, who have fallen into that trap of becoming paranoid and obsessed with things like the shadow people and the hat man and the men in black to the point where it, it, you know, it, it did start to affect their lives and their social lives and their relationships. And that is when, you know, you've, you've, gone to that tipping point where it become you've gone from having an interest and a fascination to something which essentially begins to terrorize you 
Well, you are, without a doubt, one of the most prolific writers in the paranormal that there is. So you found a way to turn your interest into all of these phenomena. What, what some people might even, you know, if you were to look at it from another perspective, uh, obsession with it, into a career. And you've managed to balance it in a way that uh, is positive for you. After you close your laptop, do you get into conversations at the pub with people about this stuff or do you just leave it all behind? No, it's usually. I mean, my other big interest is soccer. So, you know, I've got a bunch of friends here, both English and American. And, you know, we often go to, there's like an English theme pub where they play all the games. So I think I've got like seven soccer channels on my TV. You know, I'm big into soccer. And uh, Friday night, take a girlfriend out. Saturday, you know, a soccer game. Sunday, whatever. Have any of your girlfriends, when you've been out with them, uh, witnessed any of this stuff? Anything weird happen when you've been on a date? When they go, hey, what was that? <laughs> Not literally in that, uh, in that way. But, you know, some of them have experienced weird stuff, but in the same way that you, you find, you know, when you're around people who've had these experiences, it kind of sometimes spills over. So that kind of thing has happened. An old girlfriend of mine, who actually I haven't seen for a few years now, but she, the same time that I was getting those 11-11 things, she was getting those at the same time. That's the penalty of associating with Nick Whitford. <laughs> Got more to come with Nick and Randall and Jean. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. USA Radio News. I'm Robin Walensky. President Trump on Twitter talking about the FBI raid of his lawyer Michael Cohen's office, word audio tapes confiscated by the feds, and one is a reported recording Cohen makes while he talks to President Trump about a potential payment to a woman. Now the president tweeting, inconceivable that the government would break into a lawyer's office early in the morning. Almost unheard of. Even more inconceivable that a lawyer would tape a client. Totally unheard of and perhaps illegal. The good news is that your favorite president President did nothing wrong, explanation point. Attorneys for President Donald Trump have waived attorney-client privilege regarding a secretly recorded conversation in September of 2016. Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, recorded the conversation that involved payments to an ex-Playboy model who says she had an affair with Trump. I'm Rick Vincent. Hillary Clinton making an appearance at Ozzy Fest, a music arts and politics festival in New York City. She slams President Trump during her remarks. You're listening to USA Radio News. Money. 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 
Money. You gotta have it. When you need it, what do you do? If you don't have a rich uncle, call Lending Tree. With us, hundreds of banks compete for your business. So you'll get loans with competitive interest rates, and in some cases, with no closing costs. So here's the deal. If you need money, call us. Do you want to refinance your current loan? Are you 62 or older and interested in a reverse mortgage? Then call Lending Tree now. 800-634-1315. 800-634-1315. We've closed over $250 billion in loans. We know what we're doing and can help you. Call right now for a free quote. 800-634-1315 That's 800-634-1315 NMLS number 1136 Attention business owners and independent contractors This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes We can help you today, right now Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly, because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-261-9818 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-261-9818. Again, 800-261-9818. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Didn't mean to say that, but have you ever had a situation, since we're talking about a single man who is still dating, an experience well, I mean, here I, where, I lifestyle, you know. where a woman who knows who you are and what you do is less interested in you or more interested? Um, I'd never really thought about that. I mean... Well, a lot of my girlfriends, really, I've met through the subject anyway over the years. I mean, so that, you know, they've got a pre-existing interest because I may have met them at a conference, you know, that kind of thing. But in some cases, it has actually sort of freaked them out, you know, not because of the subject, because I found they look at you and think, is this guy a nut? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I think that just comes from that image that if you're into the paranormal, you know, you're some you're slightly mad and deranged, and you don't have a normal life. But for me, I, I like to sort of balance the two. As I said, I you know I enjoy getting up at, at breakfast and then start work nine to five on whichever book I'm doing. Five o'clock comes round, finish the sentence, and I'm done. You know, till nine the next day. And as I said, on a Friday, nothing happens work-wise from five p.m. Friday or four p.m. Friday till nine Monday, and I just have a regular life and for me that works and if i were to do this 24 7 and investigating everything under the sun i'd be fried i wouldn't be able to to cope with it and i don't think it's healthy to just obsess on one thing it doesn't matter what it would be you know like soccer it would be you know if i did soccer 24 7 that that wouldn't be good people sometimes find it surprising that um you know i do have 
I'd say a, a regular life. I mean, it's not super way out. I guess it's a little bit different. But I mean, um, you know, it's not like um, they come over and I've got like a big cauldron full of whatever and I'm doing some witchcraft ceremony or something, you know. Uh, well, like, okay, wait a minute. You're telling us <laughs> something here. By the way, everybody loves or not, there's a song sung by Johnny Cash. This is Johnny Cash. No, everybody loves a nut. The whole world loves a weirdo. Brains are in a rut, but everybody loves a nut. Oh, I don't mind being a bit of a nut or perceived like that. I mean, you know, I'd rather do what I do than be stuck in some job wearing a suit and yes, sir, no, sir, and all that kind of stuff. I, I've got no time for that. So I do my own thing. But in saying that, you know, I think there are a lot of perceptions. Well, I know there are that, you know, if you're in all this stuff maybe we should stay away from them <laughs> but that's that's just i think that's due in part to how particularly like the media portrays people who investigate the paranormal they're seen as like sad people who've got no lives and you know they're 45 living in you know mom's basement and um never had a girlfriend that's the very often the image that is portrayed of paranormal researchers you know, they can't make friends or they're sort of social outcasts, which actually isn't true, you know, but for TV, it kind of creates like an entertaining image. Right. Well, uh, what was it in the movie uh, Finding Forrester? He says, uh, women will sleep with you even if you write a bad book. So (laughs) (laughs) I'll remember that one. (laughs) Yeah. uh, That's good to know. That was a nice film. I like that one. Yeah, that was with uh, Sean Connery. That's a very memorable line. What about the idea, Nick, that you know how, say, if you're, uh, say, I'm, I'm not sure if you're driving, but if you drive a car and you had to go car shopping at some point, you'll think, oh, I want this particular model of car. And you go to a lot and you buy yourself that car and you hadn't really thought about it much before, but then all of a sudden you start noticing that car everywhere. And you're going, well, I thought I was buying a car that was fairly... In other words, maybe the phenomena is really around us all the time, but we don't pay attention to it because our mind isn't focused on it. And so when we start to focus on it, all of a sudden it becomes apparent to us. You know, there's one example there where that didn't happen. I know what you mean when I get a car, everybody has that car. And most of the time it's because I get a car that is not that uncommon. On the other hand, I once had a car back in the early 70s. And it was years before I saw anybody else driving one. It was the Mazda RX-2 with a rotary engine. Oh, my dad had one of them. Oh, he did? Yeah, he got the one after it, too, the RX-3 or something, I think it was. Well, the RX-2 and 3 came out about the same time in the U.S. There was an RX-4, which I really liked, but I could never swing it. But the RX-2, the problem with it, and I think the RX-3 had the same problem, is that you couldn't be assured that the rotor seals, which yeah. is, would survive at 60,000 miles or so. This is 1975. I took that car with Kurt Southerly, a friend of mine from Pennsylvania who writes about UFOs, to the 1975 UFO convention in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And we met everybody who was anybody there. And by the time I got there, when we'd start the car in the morning, it started billowing smoke from the exhaust for the first minute or two. And it turned out the engine seals were failing. I got another, I think, six months out of that car before I got rid of it. But we're talking about 60 or 65,000 miles. 
These days, a car is barely broken in by then. I don't think they even make those rotary motors for cars anymore. Is the RX series even around anymore? They had a Mazda RX-8, a sports car with a tiny rear door, which was a sports car. They are testing versions of the rotary engine in their factories, but they've never as yet come out with another one. And the problem with it is, is not that it didn't run well. It did. ran beautifully, and a lot of the early reliability problems were taken care of. It had one Achilles heel. The fuel economy was not very good. Yeah. Well, that RX2, it kind of looked almost like a cross between a BMW and a Toyota. And it got 18 to 20 miles a gallon maximum, whereas the cars those days would get in the earlier mid-20s in terms of mileage. They've improved it. They've had turbochargers and all sorts of things as of the last time. I just don't think it ever realized its potential. And Mazda was the only company to really, really make it work. Why are we talking about this? Yeah, exactly. So, so Nick, <laughs> back to the question there. What do you think? Is, is this something that's all around us all the time and people aren't noticing it? And then well, when they do, it's so striking to them that they just become focused on it. Well, I think there's two parts to this. I think the one part is that, you know, you do tend to notice something that is relevant to you, which you may not have done before it wasn't rele- relevant to you, uh, like a car. And that's just due to the fact that you just happen to notice it because it's the same as yours. But I do think there are occasions when the, somehow the paranormal does seem to get its grips on into you when you start noticing it, as you know, we mentioned with the Mothman prophecies. I mean, I, I have a, a Ford Taurus, a white Ford Taurus, and you know, I always notice a Ford, white Ford Taurus when I see one. And I think that's natural. There's nothing supernatural about that. It's just that's normal. But I think there is this other side to it where there really is like a, like a, like a, it's almost like an alarm goes off when somebody starts investigating these things or experiences them. And then the alarm goes off and the phenomenon itself targets them. I don't know how or why or what the circumstances are, or what these phenomena actually really are. But I've seen that happen so many times, not just with other people, but it's happened to me, you know, when all this weird stuff went on. That, you know, it is almost as if when you think about it, it becomes part of the reality. Yeah, I'm a UFO guy. So I I see everything in terms of ufology. And I wonder, well, could that possibly explain it? I mean, if UFOs represent a highly advanced technology that has the ability to make themselves invisible, control gravity, and know what people are thinking, then they could make themselves appear to be whatever they want including the things that conform to our cultural conditioning, including these ideas about demons, spirits, shapeshifters, cryptids, and pretty much any kind of paranormal phenomena you want. Why couldn't it still be some sort of strange alien social experiment that's going on? Well, I mean, it could be. I mean, I actually agree with you on a lot of that. I mean, there's no doubt um, that over the years and the decades, you know, the UFO phenomenon has changed, and in many respects, it's changed to reflect, you know, the technology and the times. I mean... I mean, we're going to break. Nick, mm. Randall, Gene, you're in. The Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you one of the 70% of Americans that want to own your own business, afraid to leave the security of your current job to pursue your dreams? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and myself want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current job schedule, creating an extra income for you and your family by joining his crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. Hi, I'm Patrick Kolbeck, and I'm running for governor. In the wake of the adoption of Common Core in 2010, Michigan's education system has been in a steady decline. In order to regain our former reputation for education excellence, we need to dump Common Core and get the feds and state government out of the classroom. We need to refocus education upon parents, teachers, and students. Under my service as governor, our schools will get the resources they need without any micromanagement of the classroom. Principled solutions prioritize your best interests, not lobbyists. Paid for by Patrick Kolbeck for governor. You have been lied to. Generation after generation, time after time after time. If you follow the money, then you understand why America's in the condition it's in. Now, you created the Star Reserve in 1913 through lies. You create 9-11. Through 9-11, you, then you're fighting a war on terror. And now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. This book will open people's eyes. Order now at KillingUncleSamBook.com. KillingUncleSamBook.com. Hey everyone, Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code radio you heard right proactive md plus free shipping and a free gift the new charcoal pore cleansing brush you'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back call now 1-800-583-8662 that's 1-800-583-8662 or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio again go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. 
Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Nick Redfern, author of Black Diary and thousands of other books, is with us. Nick? Yeah, let's carry on with that answer, Nick. When we look at the UFO phenomenon today, you know, it's, it's clearly changed and in many respects, you know, parallels our technology in some ways. For example, you go back to the latter part of the 1800s, we had the, the phantom airship waves. Well, you know, this is when we had airships and balloons, you know, were coming into vogue, so to speak. Um, you know, in the Second World War, there were the Foo Fighters, then there were the ghost rockets, then there were flying saucers. Today, there's black triangles. The black triangles, you know, kind of look like a next-generation stealth aircraft. The ghost rockets, in some respects, you know, mimicking the sci-fi of that era. Um, the, the entities themselves have gone from, you know, the days of Betty and Barney Hill to the full-on bug-eyed, black-eyed greys. You know, then there's the reptilians, and then there was the Space Brothers. The Space Brothers came from Mars and Venus, and then when we found out that that's most unlikely, you know, they turn out to be from other star systems. It's almost as if the intelligence behind the phenomenon is toying with us and manifesting in ways that are applicable to the people of a specific era. Now, when you mentioned, uh, like, Bigfoot and things like this, cryptids uh, and demons, you can look at all of these different phenomena which seem to be very different and separate but you can find a lot of crossovers in location where there's been bigfoot activity there's been ufo activity some of the aspects in uh, men in black mysteries relate to sort of demonology you know like the idea of people falling sick trying to manifest entities like albert bender did and having runs of bad luck and all this kind of stuff I sometimes wonder if the phenomenon itself really does kind of manifest in different ways for different people. So in other words, perhaps the incident or the event, in some respect, is almost sort of matrix-like, you know, where you're seeing something, but if it was to manifest for somebody else 200 years ago, they might see a goblin or a fairy. Somebody in the woods sees a Bigfoot. Somebody driving home late at night sees a bug-eyed alien. Maybe, you know, the phenomenon has this ability to sort of ta- either take on the form of something else or to project in your mind the image of something that you're seeing, not realizing that it's actually not genuine. And I think, you know, if you look at some of these cases, there's a distinct aspect where it does seem like it could be like a social experiment. Classic example of this would be if you go back to the 1950s, there were so many cases of people driving along roads or walking through the fields, and they would see aliens taking soil samples. There's so many cases like that from the 50s and the 60s, and it's almost as if, can't they take a few soil samples without getting seen or caught? But it looks like in many of these cases, with hindsight, that they were staged. The person was meant to see the alien grabbing the soil samples because it creates this image of alien scientists, you know, getting examples and samples of, uh, of 
you know, whatever it is they need. Yeah, there definitely seems to be a theatrical element to the yeah, whole thing. Exactly. I think it really is theatrical. It, it's not random events. Now, I think part of it is to try and convince the people of that era of, of what the phenomenon is. You know, today we're told it's extraterrestrials. You know, you can go back into thousands of years ago when they were perceived as demons. Well, they were perceived as demons because they came across as demons. You can look at like, the whole Jack Belay scenario of fairies and goblins in the you know, Middle Ages and the parallels between them and you know, abduction stories that we, where the similarities are clearly there to see. And maybe the people 500 years ago really did see goblins. Today, we don't really see, even see much of the, the Space Brothers anymore, and that's just 50, 60 years ago. So I think there is this theatrical, orchestrated aspect but whether it's an experiment or whether it's something else that's beyond our thinking because their minds are so different, I don't know. There's no doubt in my mind that so many of these events are not random. They're, they're created and played out for the benefit, if that's the right word, of their witness. But there must be an intent there then, right? I mean, if you're going well, yeah. to create something to do with that sort of, in, well, an intent. And if there's an intent, there's a purpose. And if and what might that purpose be? And what could else could it possibly be but to study our reaction to it, really? Well, it may be. I mean, that's the one thing that the one stumbling block is what is the reason? If that is the going on, and I think it is, you know, this idea of a theatrical player, why do it? Maybe it is to see how we react under extraordinary circumstances. Do we act with hostility? You know, do we react terrified? I think it's interesting, you know, that a lot of people who've had very profound UFO experiences, it really alters their lives, you know, and they go on, you know, a completely different path. I mean, you can see throughout the ufological history cases where, you know, one partner in the marriage has had, you know, profound UFO experience, and before you know it, they're getting divorced, and the person who had the experience is you know, just following the UFO issue and, you know, the wife or the husband wonders what on earth has happened to their partner. That sounds like close encounters of the third kind. It does happen. <laughs> you know, you do find people have such a profound experience. They go on this completely different track. So maybe part of the phenomenon is trying to determine how easily or not easily the human mind can be impacted on and altered. Certainly within the 50s, you know, you had people like George Van Tassel and George Adamski, who were like, I won't say they were the equivalent of like the Heaven's Gate people, you know, it wasn't an end in death and disaster, but they were like cult leaders, whether you, you know, you view them as cult leaders or not. They came across like that, very charismatic and with thousands of followers. Maybe that's another reason why they were targeted, to see how, you know, the masses even can be controlled in some way. If we go back to, say, you know, looking at this as maybe like a rat in a maze type of phenomenon, if we're the subject of study, then what we've got is uh, there's a number of us that are, you know, running around in the maze, just all confused about what has happened and, and uh, explaining it with our cultural front loading. And then you have the odd one like yourself or other researchers who go, hmm, and look up out of the maze. And go, what are they doing that for? And I can see how that would get their attention. Yeah, and I think 
very often there's a tendency not to sort of address those kind of aspects of a UFO incident. You know, your average UFO researcher will ask questions like, you know, what did you see? You know, did it leave any tripod marks, that kind of thing? And if it did, let's get some soil samples and they'll take a picture of the area. And the other things that UFO researchers have done since the late 40s and early 50s. But, you know, I'd like to see more questions asked, well, you know, what were you doing at the time? Is there anything going on in your life when this event occurred? Has it impacted on you, on your family? Things like this, the sort of questions which might seem intrusive and awkward to some people. They might be actually the more important ones than just, you know, what color was the emblem on the side of the flying saucer or whatever. Absolutely. I mean, if it is some sort of social experiment, then the key to understanding what it's about is to study the sociology of the phenomena. So that makes perfect sense to me, Nick. Well, I mean, if you think about it, if you go back to the CIA and the Robertson panel, the the Robertson panel wasn't really investigating UFOs. It was looking at the very real psychological aspects of the phenomenon. They were looking at how the Russians might be exploited by hysteria and things like this. So government agencies over the years have looked at some of these alternative aspects of how the phenomenon can impact on people's lives in strange ways. So if there's a phenomenon orchestrating it too, it would make sense that they would do something along those lines as well. I mean, maybe they're not extraterrestrial if they're something multidimensional that coexists with us, but having the ability to sort of create an image in the mind which looks very real to us, but is, you know, if anybody else was there at the time, maybe they just see us in like a stupor just standing there dumbstruck, but in their mind there's this event being played out. That might explain why UFOs always seem to be completely elusive. Well, if it's only real to the witness at the time, some of these cases do have an atmosphere to them not unlike those old fairy stories where somebody goes through the woods and he goes quiet, things don't quite seem real, it's dreamlike. Maybe it seems dreamlike because maybe you are almost in a dream. Maybe there really is no UFO to be seen if someone else was watching from 100 yards away. Okay, let's continue. With Nick, Randall, and Gene, you're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo Tote Bag... All sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality. Great t-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children. Stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. Warning. 
If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now... Here's Gene Steinberg. Ever mysterious there, Mr. Randall. Ever mysterious, J. Randall Murphy, our should I do one of my Should I do one of my ultra-long paracasts next time? Yes, you shall. Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, he's, he's now exercising his throat. Nick Redfern, <laughs> author of The Black Diary and many thousands of other books is joining us, and we're focusing on incredible mysteries. Randall, we have a question from the audience that might be appropriate. Actually, we do. I Um, knew that. (laughs) We've got one from O'Reilly, who asked, Are you acquainted with the late Joe Fisher's book, The Siren Call of Hungry Ghosts, which would seem to be similar to the understanding of the supernatural from a different approach so i'm i'm not familiar with that myself but maybe you are i'm not familiar with the book randall no but i mean the whole hungry ghost phenomenon is something that sort of has its parallels around the world it's basically sort of supernatural entities that that feed on us that's what the the hungry ghost is basically uh, defined as in other words you know the idea of supernatural entities sort of living on the human life force as souls now of course this this is all dependent on we, whether there is some sort of mysterious energy that they can feed on, you know. But you can find throughout cultures all around the world, you know, people have paranormal experiences with these supernatural entities that come into the bedroom at night. And within days, you know, they've gone they're sick with anemia and they're weak and tired. And, and people do report these kind of things. And you also get that in ufology. You know, there's a number of cases where people have suffered physically adversely um you know in proximity to ufos there are a number of cases where the men in black people have said that when the men in black have been in the room with them and there's you're there on one couch and the men in, man in black sat on the other couch staring at them the witnesses suddenly start started to feel weak and tired and one described it as how a diabetic must feel if you know they miss breakfast miss lunch and it's like eight or nine at night and they're in that danger zone where they start to crash and shake, you know, and when they, they could die even. I, I know exactly how that feels oh. because I've had my own experiences, but definitely that is something that you don't forget if it happens to you. I'm sure. And, um, but there are a lot of cases like that where the witnesses have suspected afterwards 
but they were sort of lit- literally being bled dry of their life force, of their their essence. You know, and that's one of the interesting and disturbing theories that's been put forward, that maybe we're not seeing the bigger picture and that the earth is like a, a farm and we're the cattle, but we're not literally going to the farm and then onto the slaughterhouse. But the idea that the supernatural entities feed on our energy and what's the best way to feed on a high state of energy is to manifest something that's going to terrify or amaze someone like a ufo or a bigfoot or whatever and then maybe they then feed on that high state of energy so maybe that would could explain some of these theatrical events where they're not teaching us anything they're not being taught anything they're just simply just waiting for us to get into that state of hysteria and fear caused by the sight of this eight-foot-tall, hairy ape-man, and then they can feed on it, like, like in a parasitic fashion. Well, that brings up the next question from O'Reilly, and he says in your soon-coming book, Paranormal Parasites, it seems to be about bad news, just what you've been talking about. But in your experience, he asks, uh, is there any good news in the supernatural realm? Well, that book that he's talking about, Paranormal Parasites, comes out in September. It's actually on the what we're now talking about, supernatural things throughout history and around the world in folklore, mythology, reality, that seem to have this ability to bleed us dry, you know, sort of psychic vampires, as people call them. In terms of the paranormal, you know, is there a positive side to it? Well, I've found that there are a lot of positive sides to it, unless... That's part of a, to kind of reel you in and make it seem to you that it's positive. But I've had a lot of very positive synchronicities over the years, which pushed me in the right directions in terms of stories and the cases and just general research as if somebody was guiding me down this particular path or, or whatever. Maybe I'm not seeing the bigger picture and there's, there's actually like a malevolent aspect to it all. I mean, you cannot deny that because if you think about it, going back to the idea of a farm and cattle, well, in the field, perceive the farmer as their best friend because what does he do? He feeds them every day and, you know, they've got a nice barn or whatever to go into at night. You know, the cattle don't see anything that's threatening until, of course, you know, the poor old cow goes to the slaughterhouse. I'm not saying it's quite as literally a comparison as that, but, you know, it's possible that we are seeing something or interacting with something that seems wholly, or not wholly, but at least partially benevolent, but which could actually be highly deceptive and malevolent, but we're just not seeing it. You know, we are like the next generation of the cow, so to speak. Uh, he asks, have you had any other kind of personal experiences that convince you of the supernatural, the reality of the supernatural? Primarily, all the weird stuff happened with the men in black, the synchronicities, things like the 11-11 phenomenon, and a lot of weird stuff. Again, a lot of people are going to just dismiss this, but where I've had sort of very vivid dreams where I've sort of seen entities in the dreams, which lead me to believe that some of these supernatural entities can literally invade your, your dream state, your sleep state. Uh, again, very controversial, but I've had a number of these that leads me to believe that these things can sort of get into our, our mindset. There are a lot of cases with the men in black like that where people have seen them and then they've had very vivid dreams the night after 
which didn't seem like normal dreams. It literally was as if the man in black, if you like, had somehow gotten into the dream and turned it into, you know, your, your world's worst nightmare. What can people do to deal with this then? In Let's assume these things are all happening. And I think you've probably interviewed and done so much research that it's fair to say that it's pretty tough to dismiss the phenomena, even if we don't know what it is. But what can we do about it? Well, that's a good, very good question. I mean, from my perspective, you know, as I said, I'm a fairly, you know, or um, strong-willed person. You know, I, I don't take fools lightly. And I get down and work hard and get everything done. And I'm driven and focused. You know, I think But when you have people who... Albert Bend is a classic example. You know, he was someone who did not really have much sort of, um, you know, a sense of of a strong character. You know, he, he did not come across like that at all. And I think anyone who is sort of weak-willed, unsure, uh, is ripe for, you know, being um, snared in, if you like, and, um, and things just go wrong for you. Fast question here before we go on. So are we suggesting here that someone like an Albert K. Bender, maybe being of a weaker personality, not having the resilience to manage such things makes himself unconsciously perhaps susceptible to things like this. Yeah. And that's why I think people, you know, like these psychic vampires, you know, you talk to someone, Hey, I haven't seen you for a while. What's been going on? Oh, well, you won't believe what happened. And this happened and that happened, you know, negative things happen to them because their mind is in a in a constantly negative state. And, um, and I, I really do think that happens. And I think, the way to essentially, I don't know if you can banish the phenomenon at all, but I think the way to keep it at bay and keep things to a minimum is to essentially say no to these things, you know, create in your mind the image of a barrier or a wall and, and stand up to the phenomenon or phenomena rather than, you know, sitting in the corner of the room shaking because you cannot get rid of this whatever it is. Whatever um, it is, is so, the Paracast. And we've got Nick Redfern with J. Randall Murphy. And you're in. The Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. 
normal blood pressure naturally. How would that make you feel? I'm Don from New Mexico. Uh, January of 2000, I had a heart attack. Uh, then my real health began going downhill. I had high blood pressure, diabetes, poor vision. I wasn't sleeping well. I was a mess. Don reports dramatic improvements with heart and body extract. I started taking heart and body extract from within a few days. I started sleeping better. My blood pressure normalized. My diabetes normalized. My sleep improved. Experience these benefits and more when your body heals itself with the assistance of heart and body extract. Order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. That's hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. And folks, I did not expect this at all. By the 7th, 8th, and ninth day, I saw dramatic improvements from taking heart and body extract. Heart and body extract comes with a 100% ironclad money back guarantee. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for heart and body extract. This is Jessica Armand, creator of the fluoride-free oral care brand, My Magic Mud. You're going to love our new products. Our cutting-edge oral rinses deeply soothe your mouth and fight cavities naturally. Our breath spray, My Magic Mist, will invigorate your senses with essential oils of peppermint and eucalyptus. Our clinically proven toothpaste and tooth powders whiten your teeth and detoxify your mouth. Buy discounted bundles direct at MyMagicMud.com and take 10% off with coupon code GCN10. MyMagicMud.com we all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Well, I'll tell you what, that's got to be the longest bumper for the Paracast in the history of the show. We've been around for 12 and a half years. We have never, ever, had a bumper that long. In fact, well, Nick is currently <laughs> coughing and wheezing because he's really gotten himself in a very serious condition here. Is that correct, Nick? No. <laughs> we must proceed with the world of the unknown. I have a fast question of you, Nick. Okay. Is it possible, rather than being influenced by some third-party entity, 
it's all a product of your imagination when you have weird things happen. Um, well, no. <laughs> I, th- I mean, I think we, we all at times, you know, our subconscious interacts with us, you know, to a massive degree. I mean, sometimes a dream is just a dream. And, you know, you'll, you'll dream about something that happened two weeks ago. When I went back to England, for example, like three weeks ago, I had a dream, you know, that I'd, I'd lost one of the cases. I mean, that, 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 that's clearly, you know, because um, flying is just a hassle, you know, particularly internationally. It's a pain in the neck. It doesn't worry me in that sense, but it, it just annoys me. So that, you know, my subconscious, I'm sure, was responsible for that dream of having lost my little bag at the airport, like just before I was about to fly. So, you know, our subconscious does work in odd ways. But when these events often occur when you're wide awake and there's different people all experiencing similar things, you know, it's like with the men in black. I mean, up until the the movies came out, the phenomenon wasn't known that much at all outside of ufology. And yet people with no interest saw the men in black. So why is it, you know, they always turn up in black suits and black fedoras. Why was it not like, I don't know, white and pink striped pajamas? So I think, you know, there are certain things that make me like that, where you have, you have parallels and you have trends that leads me to believe that we, it's not all our imagination just running wild and seeing, you know, a, a girl behind the door or a demon in the closet, you know, um, that, you know, like kids, you know, when you're a kid, you think there's a monster under the bed or whatever. So things like that do happen, but I still think there is a paranormal world which interacts with us and that interaction is very much dependent on who you are as a character and what you're delving into and you, just the act of, opening doorways because you know i always tell people it's easy to open a portal or a doorway it's not that easy to close it you know kind of like when i mentioned earlier on that sort of um, sleep paralysis thing i had when there was this deep clearly female voice though saying um something along the lines of you know i can help you just say yes that did not come across like a dream that was like i was in the bed and there was something hostile in the corridor between the living room and and the bedroom and you know things like that lead me to believe and synchronicities you know lead me to believe there is a world that impacts on us and you know we can impact on it if we know how and whether or not you know we should even impact on it uh, nick getting into the sleep paralysis thing I, I was just wondering, I'd, I'd like to ask you a question here. If you've, like, have you interviewed quite a few people who've sort of had these dream experiences or claim that they've had sleep paralysis? Yes. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things I've been noticing uh, fairly recently, uh, partly because I've experienced some of this myself, is that people are saying that they're experiencing what they describe as like being scanned. This even happens not just while they're sleeping or waking up, but just even while they're just wide awake, but just lying in bed or have woken up in the morning or in the middle of the night. And it feels like some kind of scanning thing is going over their body, like a wave of tingling, sparkling sensations. Have you run across that? I actually haven't. I mean, most of the one, it's probably the case that the reason why I tend to get certain ones is because 
you know, people read a book and if it's about Bigfoot, you know, they'll approach someone to talk about big if they if they speak to the author or want to, you know, contact the author, they'll talk about Bigfoot. And um, you know, somebody who writes about crop circles gets a lot of feedback uh, in relation to crop circles. Now with me, most of the the sleep paralysis cases that I've got are actually do surround things like the men in black and the shadow people and the hat man and black eyed children, that kind of thing. But I think that's because I write about them. You know, if somebody else writes on demonology and that somebody's had a you know a sleep paralysis experience, they'll go to that person rather than me. Um, so, so I think that aspect comes into play. But I actually haven't heard that you know that angle of um, you know the uh, that type of experience. Yeah, but yeah, that's it's... interesting. But like I said, you know that's why I think there is a genuine phenomenon when you have people all around the world or around the country who are having this scanning experience versus just seeing a, a malicious entity looming over the bed. I mean, give you another example. Last year, I got a ton of emails and messages after writing an article uh, where people were having vivid dreams of nuclear attacks and particularly of nuclear detonations on Chicago. Um, I, got, I wrote several articles about this and a number of people, probably altogether about 30, contacted me. And it, they were all dreaming and having nightmares of, a, of an attack on the United States out of the blue, which we were unable to stop. And, um, you know, just these gigantic mushroom clouds coming up in the distance all over the place. And, uh, I mean, really vivid and, like, you know, terrifying dreams for the people. And, you know, some of the people wondered if it was because time-wise... You know, it was happening with all the, you know, the North Korea thing when there were concerns about, you know, missiles could reach the U.S., et cetera, et cetera. Maybe that was part of it, you know, just anxiety. But, um, you know, a lot of the people, what they were talking about was very similar. It wasn't just a dream of a nuclear war. It was a dream of somehow America wasn't able to, to fight back. As if, you know, there being like a disablement of the warheads or like a, in some people thought like an electromagnetic pulse, which can fry all the electrical equipment. Um, that was in, interesting, but from a disturbing aspect that none of the people were talking about, you know, everybody's firing the missiles, Russia, China, the US, the UK. It was just the US that got, that took the brunt of it. So that, you know, it's, it's it kind of parallels what you're talking about, you know, where with the scanner in the sense that it was, everybody was talking about a specific kind of nuclear nightmare rather than just a random one, you know. Interesting. So have you taken uh, that factor into account when deciding on how much is synchronicity and how much is coincidence? And by that, I mean, yeah, you know, if you're writing about something, maybe soliciting your readership for stories, one would expect to get back a whole bunch of, uh, accounts from people about that i'll tell you what about this is that we have to do a break we got a couple of more segments to spend with nick redfern who has the longest bumper on the planet i don't know how that sounds with gene nick and randall you're in the paracast Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. USA Radio News. I'm Robin Walensky. Keep us in prayer. We're going to need it. The woman who loses nine family members when the duck boat they are on sinks in Missouri speaks out. Kids said, above you are your life jackets. There's three sizes. He said, I'm going to show you where, you are, where they are, but you won't need them. Tia Coleman at a news conference in Branson, Missouri, telling reporters the boat captain at Table Rock Lake tells them they won't be needing life jackets, but a violent storm hits. The boat fills with water, turns over, and sinks. Since I've had a home, it's always been filled. It's always been filled with little feet and laughter. And my husband. Tia, not sure how she survived as waves come over her head. She says it's a miracle, but doesn't know how she will go on without her family. I don't know. I'm going to do it. You're listening to USA Radio News. There's no question you need omega-3s. But which form should you take? Fish oil or krill oil? Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50 Plus. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint-soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. We're so sure Krill Omega Omega 50 Plus will work for you. We'll even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now it's free. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-399-6392. 1-800-399-6392. That's 1-800-399-6392. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. 
reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with reputationdefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit reputationdefender.com. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So what okay. happens here is that's good. That's fast. In fact, we can get you to become almost as fast as the Federal Express guy. But you don't know what that is because you're a Canadian, right? I've heard of them. He talked very fast. We have UPS up here and Canada Post. But let's get back to that question, Nick. What was the question again? Uh, the question is, how much have you taken into account the factor that you're a writer who writes about certain things, um, solicits stories from your readership. How much of that have you taken into account as being part of a synchronicity or a coincidence? I mean, we, you would expect a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, you know, just what goes on every day on the planet, you know, seven, eight billion people, you are going to have coincidences where, you know, you're going to talk to somebody one day who's got the same birthday as yours, you know, or somebody who shares the same name. There's nothing magical or supernatural about that. It's just down to the odds of eventually, you know, you are going to come across somebody who drives the same car as yours, you know, in the same color. That's just because there are so many cars of that color. And, you know, you can, you can, you can sort of um, take that approach in just about every aspect of life. But, you know, when you're dealing with the paranormal and you start to get some really strange synchronicities, I mean... Again, that thing with the man in black outside the window and Rosemary's baby, you know, I don't personally think that was a coincidence. I think there were too many factors involved. Now, if it's just like a person's name, well, of course, that's just going to be a coincidence because it's going to happen. But the ones that I think more about, which I think are synchronicities, is when you have multiple factors, like with the, the Rosemary's baby thing. There was the fact that I was writing the article. You know, I talked in the article about Peter Beckman's story about seeing these um, MIB after listening to the soundtrack back in the 1960s. Then I talked about a few other cases in the article. And then that night, I watched the movie. And then the next morning, the guy's there outside. That's like six or seven definitive separate parts all coming together. And I think... When you have five or six or more components, then it goes from being a coincidence to a synchronicity. A coincidence is generally just a one-off thing. But when you've got all these five or six different strands all leading to an end point, if you like, that for me defines a synchronicity. Okay, so like uh, say maybe clusters of a very similar type of phenomena happening to uh, several different people around the same time in different parts of the world or country that are separated and unknown to each other, but just that cluster represents a, a spike that's out of the ordinary, that sort of thinking? 
Yeah, I mean, I'll give you a good example, which again relates to the men in black. Um, and again, I talk about this in the book at length. There was a period, I think it was 2016, maybe 2015, but it was in around that period. And I got like a cluster of reports of people who'd seen men in black and women in black in libraries and uh, bookstores. And these were people who'd had UFO experiences, not necessarily recently, and they were just wandering around like an old library or a bookstore and suddenly got that feeling that we all have from time to time that somebody's watching you. You know, and they turned around and saw this sort of pale-faced man in a black suit and a fedora or a pale-faced woman with like a long black wig just stare, both staring with this sort of eerie grin. And I got, as I said, I got a cluster of somewhere in the region of seven or eight across maybe three weeks of people who'd had these experiences with the MIB and the WIB in bookstores or old libraries. And, and again, why that should be the case, I don't know. But I found that, you know, to be for me like a, a weird synchronicity that people from, they were all from the US, contacted me in varying ways. The stories weren't alike, but the theme of the libraries, you know, and the, and the, the man in black being present, they were very much similar. So again, you know, I kind of perceive that as like a classic sort of synchronistic state. Well, maybe they're, uh, you know, pulling certain books off the shelves to get them out of the library so that people, yeah. <laughs> you know, don't you mention something about some document that uh, you might need? I might need some help here, but uh, it was an FBI document that included some mention of something to do. Was it what was it with the space shuttle or something? Yeah, yeah that was really weird. Yeah, I, I did some research a few years ago into um, when the, the Space Shuttle Challenger exploded on takeoff in 1986, killing the crew. And, you know, over the years, a lot of theories have been put forward. And, and personally, I, I think it was genuinely just a, a tragic accident. But a lot of people did not think that. They thought that it had been shot down. Some of the people uh, said they saw like a, like a laser-type light hitting the fuel tank. Now, the FBI actually opened um, a file on um, all these claims that people, you know, a lot of people contacted the FBI or the police who then forwarded, you know, their phone call or whatever onto the FBI. And the FBI opened a file on all these rumors and theories, you know, that the shuttle had been blown out of the sky effectively. That file is now available online at the FBI's website. You go to the uh, the FBI's got its like main website, but all the files, which are now declassified, are at their second website, which is called The Vault. So it's, it's vault.gov. And if you search the A to Z list, you'll see um, Challenger Space Shuttle, uh, or Space Shuttle Explosion, I think it might be titled. And that file talks about all the people who were interviewed by the FBI who had theories that the, the shuttle was sabotaged. One of the people was a woman a psychic who claimed um, that she was in touch with like higher forces, extraterrestrial or supernatural entities, who said the shuttle had been blasted out of the sky. And the FBI extensively interviewed this woman about her theories, and, and some of those pages are actually still classified. They have not been released, which is interesting in itself. Now, the story gets a little bit weird, because I spoke to my agent, Lisa Hagen, who's the publisher of the book as well, that I was going to mention this in a lecture I was giving out at the Contact in the Desert 
conference out in Joshua Tree just a, a few days later. And I wanted to include this because the woman was like a contactee, and I, my lecture was going to be on the contactees. And so I spoke to, or I phoned Lisa, and I said, you know, I'm going to be away for a few days. I'm going to be um, doing a lecture. And I didn't say on what. And she said, oh, that'll, you know, be a nice break for you. And she said, something weird just happened. And I said, what was that? She said the phone rang, and it was either red unknown caller or private call or something like that. And uh, she said it was like a robotic voice, and it, and it said Challenger exploded. And I said, are you, are you joking? She said, no. And I said, well, I've just been preparing my PowerPoint on this whole story of the Challenger space shuttle exploding and how the FBI got involved, and I, you know, I um, scanned a couple of the documents so I could show those on the screen as well. And Lisa had this weird call just saying those words, Challenger exploded, right about the time when I was downloading the pictures to using the PowerPoint. And that was like one of the weirdest situations, you know, the idea that that did make me think, you know, somebody was listening in, you know. And I actually think that has more to do with someone listening in rather than something paranormal. You know what I mean? Um, an intelligence agency maybe just messing around, you know, to screw with somebody's mind. I don't, I don't know. It was just a weird situation. Yeah, the Challenger, that was, a, that was quite a tragedy for sure. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's really productive to think that to, you know maybe one of the people in in the accident itself was responsible for sabotaging it that yeah, seems that's what the, um, the woman's told that's what the woman told the fbi and you know it's a highly controversial story um and for as i said for me you know what fascinated me was the file and the fact that a file was opened more conspiracy coming with nick jean and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
Healthcare reform is confusing, but whether it's finding an affordable insurance plan, keeping your doctor, or being able to afford needed prescriptions, navigating the healthcare system has become a challenge. Control your own healthcare costs and choices with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of each other's medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. If you like alkaline water or know someone that does, you're going to love the Dylan Living Water Bottle. It creates alkaline water on the go while reducing plastic waste and saving you money. Made with surgical-grade stainless steel, the Dylan Bottle increases the pH up to 9 to deliver both alkaline and antioxidant water anywhere you want it. Alkaline water is healthier, tastes better, and can even boost energy. The Dylan Bottle makes it easy and affordable to be healthy and achieve optimal hydration. Get your Dylan Bottle today at dyln.co. That's dyln.co. Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Bitcoin is losing crypto market share to other digital currencies. Bitcoin's astronomical rise has led to the creation of numerous competitors like Ethereum, Ripple, and Litecoin, which have also seen massive gains in value. According to Quartz, Bitcoin made up 85% of the crypto market one year ago, and today it has fallen to 36%. Remember, the only way to win in the casino is to take chips off the table. Call Miles Franklin at 866-485-4346 and let us show you how to quickly turn your Bitcoin into the 5,000-year-old safety of precious metals. Miles Franklin can quickly convert your Bitcoin to precious metals with one phone call at 866-485-4346. That's Miles Franklin celebrating our 29th year in business without ever receiving a customer complaint. Call us at 866-485-4346. Fast easy, safe, and convert your Bitcoin into gold with one phone call. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. See, Nick decided to be quick, brief that time because he sucked the air out of the Paracast stinger the previous time he did it. Now, all these conspiracy theories about what might have caused this particular disaster. But how does one prove it, especially after well, all these years? I don't actually go out to prove, because I, I really do think it was an accident. When I read the file, it was such a fascinating file, because there were multiple people who had these highly intricate theories as to who sabotaged the shuttle, why it was um, sabotaged, 
how it was blown out of the sky, what kind of laser technology was used. And the FBI actually, you know, went to the homes of these people and interviewed them. You know, it's nothing sinister. They just, they wanted as much help as possible, you know, to try and figure out what happened. Yeah, I was just going back, and this takes us back to the question about, so, you know, people removing stuff. You're saying here that the FBI had clearly removed the relevant pages from the PDF. Yeah, what happened was that the, the there was roughly 28 pages in the PDF concerning the, the woman who said, you know, it was sabotaged, et cetera, et cetera. Most of those 28 pages, or whatever it actually was, have been removed from the PDF. The other conspiracy theories are still in the file, but those, it's a three-part file, because uh, it's about 150 pages, I think, altogether, maybe a little bit more. And certain pages um, that were there are not there anymore. Now, whether or not a family member complained and thought it was in bad taste and they decided to move it, that would be plausible because there, there was another one uh, on a woman named Mary Hardy Reeser. She was a woman who was supposedly died by spontaneous human combustion. You know, it's a very disturbing story for the family. That used to be on the FBI's website, but that was taken down. Yeah, so I could I see that, how that, that could be the happen. case. Yeah, you know, somebody might say it's conspiracy. I think a more likely scenario could be something just, you know, thinking of the feelings of, of the family, you know, that kind of That thing. makes a lot of sense. I would probably go with that. But the vault itself, I mean, just as an aside, is a really good website. I mean, you know, a lot of people view government, particularly in this field, they view government agencies as evil, bad guys or sinister, but they're not, you know, they're regular people like us doing, a, you know, their best to protect the country and et cetera. And their website, The Vault, you know, there are literally probably millions of pages of declassified files on all sorts of things, you know, like Frank Sinatra, Marilyn Monroe, rock bands like The Doors, Jimi Hendrix, all sorts of actors, a lot of weird files. There's a, like an early FBI file on ESP, which goes back to the 1950s. Um, they've declassified all their cattle mutilation files. They've declassified all their files on, on L. Ron Hubbard, Jack Parsons, the famous rocket pioneer, all sorts of things. And, you know, you can download them easily as PDFs. And they've done a, a great job, you know, of, of showing the, sort of the history of the FBI, and uh, which, which does contain a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, you just got to have the patience and the dogged persistence the, of Nick Redfern to get in there and scan through them all to find the stuff that's uh, most interesting. Well, some of, one of the most interesting ones is the file on Wilhelm Reich and his cloud-busting research, you know, and, and orgone energy and things like that. That's a, that's a really interesting file for anybody who wants background on him, on Reich, and, you know, his relationship with the FBI and how he got into problems, etc. That's uh, very pseudoscientific, I think the skeptics would say. He had that uh, orgone energy accumulator and cloud-buster thing. Yeah. You know, it kind of looked like a... a ground-based machine gun or something. I mean, yeah, he did actually, like, blasting negative energies out of the sky or whatever. <laughs> mm -hmm. Was there any connection between uh, the MIB and cattle mutilations? Um, I'm not really able to think of any. That's almost weird in itself. Yeah, the, the, the closest I can think of is that in the same way, you know, that the men in black turn up, you know, after somebody's had a UFO encounter. Well, there are, as you know, I'm sure, cases where people have, you know, ranchers have found their cattle dead. And then, say, the night after, like a black helicopter's flown over the ranch or whatever, 
things like that. It's almost like a warning, that kind of thing. There are a few cases like that, but I cannot think of one offhand, you know, where there was actually an MIB connection to an animal mutilation. There might be some, but I just I cannot think of any of them. So what do you think is uh, the most reasonable theory to pursue if we were to try to determine maybe what's behind all of this, if, if you add well, it all up? Well, if you're new to the subject, I think your first inclination would be to assume they're from the government. And that's, that's I think, the approach a lot of people have gone until they realize it's much weirder than that. I think sort of going down the path of trying to figure it all out and come to a conclusion, I think we're dealing with things that are supernatural, that interact with us, that can exist in our reality and other realities, that maybe they can take on different forms and perhaps the, the man in black image is simply that. It's like a you know, a sophisticated holograph or something along the lines of a, you know, a generated matrix type temporary situation. I think they are, in many cases, you can, you, you can actually make a good case that they almost seem programmed. Some of the witnesses have said it was as if they were issuing a threat, but not understanding what they were saying. Kind of like, you know, some, you heard somebody speak Russian on a, you know, on a audio recording and you played it over and over. You could say exactly what they're saying without having a clue what they are saying. And some people have said that, that they felt that the men in black were almost programmed. So I think we could be dealing with some sort of, some sort of sophisticated programming, whether holographic or physical, something that is sent out and dispatched almost to silence people, but which has paranormal overtones attached to it like um, people falling sick the poltergeist activity in the homes the sense of being drained of energy and your life force you know for me it suggests that in ways we don't fully understand science and the supernatural and the occult somehow cross over um or at least you know they, they that's how it seems and how and why, you know, we're still struggling to find out. But I think we're dealing with sort of multidimensional supernatural entities, which in terms of the men in black are not friendly, but are in, in reality, you know, quite hostile. And, you know, you cross them could be your world's worst nightmare to do that. So when you say multidimensional, that means it, it sounds like that's like they're coming from another universe and appearing into ours as if... Um, they're transported here, coming through some sort of a portal, as opposed to uh, arriving here in an interstellar craft of some type. Yeah, there are some cases where people have said the men in black have quite literally vanished in front of them, or they've seen them go to the street, and they've got this old-style 1950s black car, and the car just literally vanishes. Again, you know, is it a hologram? Is it something that's a projection placed in the mind of the witness who doesn't realize that? I don't know, but there are enough cases where they do have this quality of here one second and quite literally gone the next second. So. Got to wrap it up. Just wrap it up. Let me wrap it up here. Hold on a second. Okay, okay. Oh. Sounds like you're wrapping. Okay, is that wrapped up, everybody? Okay, we're wrapped the wrap. up. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, please tell our listeners where we can find more of the stuff you do. 
Um, well, I have a blog titled World of Whatever. Just type in Nick Redfern. It's the first thing that pops up on a search engine. Uh, the new book, Black Diary, you can get it off Amazon and um, you can get it, order it through Barnes & Noble. People want to learn about what more about what we've been talking about tonight. I'll actually be speaking on the book at the Mothman Festival in the second weekend of September in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. You can find us on Twitter. If you look for the Paracast, you can find two Paracast fan clubs on Facebook. You can find an official Paracast channel on YouTube. And, ladies and gentlemen, you can find the Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com. That's plus.theparacast.com. We offer an ad-free version, free of the network ads of the Paracast with better quality audio. And we also give you the After the Paracast podcast, where you never, ever, ever, or hardly ever, know what's going to happen next. That's how it goes. Go to plus.theparacast.com for more long-term subscriptions. Get free stuff. Plus.theparacast.com. Nick Redfern, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thanks, guys. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. <laughs>